guys, Evan from Jimaware. We're really happy to be supporting Coach Tomato's podcast series once again. For those that don't know, our main product is Jimaware. It's the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training in the weight room. It excels in busy team training environments, and for many coaches, it's the Swiss Army knife of their toolkit. The Jimaware is used for athlete profiling, jump testing, fatigue monitoring, and for listing within velocity zones. The system provides real-time feedback on individual targets, plus it's got an impressive range of leaderboards. Now, for those that are after a VBT device that's affordable, for the individual and for smaller groups, we recently released our new laser-based product, Flex. Importantly, it's been independently validated and proven to be both accurate and reliable. So if you're interested in either product, or you wanna learn more about the velocity-based training and how it can help you as a coach, Check out our website or contact us directly. So in the meantime, we trust you enjoy the Coach DeMayo's podcast, Outside the Rack. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information? Or a place where you can find different opinions from forward-thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 57th episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. In this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper into the minds of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by the Assistant Director of Basketball Performance and Sports Scientist at the University of Oklahoma University, excuse me. And I'm happy to say the new first name, Dr. Aaron Heishman. Doc, thanks for being with us, buddy. Thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, man. I And I, you know, let me first of all, is that, shoot, I've, we've known each other for, for a good time now since your time over here right down the street at that other school with uh, that guy who does a pretty good job over there and uh, couldn't be happier to see doctor in front of your name, man. Congratulations. Well-deserved. The dissertation presentation was sensational. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It was, it was a process, but I, I love the whole, the whole, the ups and downs of it. I love it all. That's awesome. man. I'm so fired up for you, but listen, buddy, before we get too far into this, who is Dr. Aaron Heishman? Yeah, so it's a tough one sometimes to characterize. I uh, First, I think of myself as a coach. Um, and then secondly, as a scientist um, and a researcher. And I really think of that my scientific uh, interest and research interest, applied sports performance interest is very general because I think we have to have 
um, multiple different interests with our field because there's so many things that apply to our athletes. So you can't just be um, a, a metabolics person, right? That that's going to play in uh, into what we do. Uh, you can't just be biomechanics. That's going to play a role. So you have to be a, a generalist in a lot of these areas to really bring it in from an applied sense. Um, and then finally, I think um, the final piece that I would kind of characterize myself or I like to think of myself and I strive to be is just a committed lifelong learner and just committed to the like the learning process. And um, talking about the PhD process, when I was nearing the end of it, I got so many questions of people asking me like, what's next? What's next after you finish the PhD? And I think one of the things with the PhD is you realize like, this process is never really over. You may graduate, but the questions, the way you think, wanting new projects, wanting to uh, have these kind of discussions with, with other practitioners, you're never really done. Um, it's this level of learning and consistently evolving and, and taking in new information. So um, that's one of the big key pieces and cornerstones that I try to uh, maintain. I love it, man. And to be totally honest, like that last one, I, honestly, I wouldn't expect less. I appreciate that. I mean, that's just kind of like, ever since I, I met you, it's just kind of like how it's been. It's been like, it's never with, with, with you and with every time we talk, it's never been a question that leads to an answer. It's always a question that leads to a deeper question. And I think that that's Absolutely. something that I've always admired about you as a practitioner. And I think that that's why this next question is so intriguing to me from you, especially knowing, you know, it's a guy who got going under MC and someone, another guy who almost every question leads to a better question. You know, if you wouldn't mind, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. Absolutely. Um, all of these questions, I'll probably have more to, more to add in than just one. So there was just three key pieces. Um, and it was my time with MC that kind of revolutionized me. And I, I look back now and I really see it. Um, it was my first, the first one is my, my first or second day um, with him at Virginia. I don't even know if he knows the story, remembers it, but I'm like, he's a pretty intimidating guy. I'm like super nervous to be there, but just happy to be there, right? And um, at the end, we had ESD that morning. At the end of ESD, he asked me some question about, um, Aaron, what, was the, what do you think the preferred substrate utilized during ESD today was? Or something like that. It was some energy system oriented question. And I don't know if I, I, was, I hadn't had physiology in quite in, four years, probably my freshman, sophomore year in college. Um, I did not expect the question. I was like, I'm, I'm not sure. I just like froze. Right. Um, so I went home that night, got out my book, reviewed, memorized, learned all the energy stuff, energy system stuff again, knew it really well, came back in the next day. And uh, we were like casually chatting as we were like doing prep work. And I was like, I know the energy system stuff today. Um, I, I know your, the answer to your question yesterday. He looks at me and he goes, good doesn't like crack a smile or anything, you know, he's just like, good. And he just clicked. He's like, he doesn't care that I know the answer. It's like, that's a level of thinking. That's like the approach to the process, right? Did I have this, did I have the same detailed understanding of the training session about meeting the, the right outcomes? So I think the whole purpose of the question was just, what's your understanding of our approach to the process and how well are you willing to criticize and evaluate uh, what we're doing for the day and what depth of knowledge do you have? So um, that was really, really transformative for me um and so then i was reading and learning stuff not to know the to know the answer and tell someone to know the answer which a lot of traditional academics and sometimes college can lead into but it's like now i know for the process right so now i'm applying things so that's the first one really transformative um 
Another another key piece was when I was with uh, MC, I actually got to set in and go to lunch with um, Rob Hornet when he came to interview. And we went to Panera Bread and I was jacked to just to get invited to the thing. MC is very inclusive and empowering people. So I got to go to uh, uh, lunch with them and I didn't say really anything the whole lunch. I just sat and listened. But MC and Rob's conversation was like the most brilliant back and forth I'd ever witnessed. And it like, I was just looking at Rob, like how well read he was and how smart he was. And I'm like, wow, like, wh where does this guy come from? This is awesome. But they're on the same wavelength as MC of just the things they were talking about. And I remember like leaving the conversation, like, whoa, this guy is like really smart. I want to be like that. And then get in the car with MC. I'm like, how old is he? Because then he was like, I want to say like 27, 28 at the time. So I'm like, now they put somebody in my life that because you ended up getting the job there that I have somebody that's similar to my age that sets a goal that's like, oh, here's a figure that I could be similar, close to age and set targets for my development. I'm like, I need to do that. So I need to read way more than I'm currently doing if I'm gonna be able to do that. If I'm gonna get in these conversations, I'm gonna need to spend more time doing this because that was great. And that's what I wanna be a part of. So um, both of those guys just really influenced me in that way, big piece. And that's one of the huge pieces that led me to the kind of the PhD process. Um, and then the final one for this question, I hope this isn't too many, but um, at the end of each session, MC would always ask if you had any questions. And in the beginning, I was super nervous and timid. And I had so many questions, I didn't know what to ask necessarily. And I also didn't want to sound that dumb because he's very detailed with everything. So I just wouldn't ask. And he looks at me and he's like, you have any questions? I said, no, I don't have any questions. He goes, okay, so you know everything? And I'm like, Oh no, I don't. So it's like, there's no dumb question. You need to have that conversation. And if you don't have a question, you're not engaged in the process, right? So that's like, I have a ton of questions now because every conversation I go into, if you don't have a question or bringing a different perspective, there's no need for you to be sitting at the table. Like no one wants that. Um, so yeah, those are my three, three big pieces. Who else is on that staff too? It was MC... For those that don't know, MC is Mike Curtis, um, Rob Hornet, and then who was the third person on that staff? There so uh, Jeremy Jeremy Anderson was there. Re Jer he replaced, yes. uh, yeah, Rob or Rob replaced uh, Jeremy when Jeremy. I think he went. I'm not sure. I can't remember where he took it. Took a new um, job with the men's program, but he was the assistant there and they took a, a head job with the men's program. But God, they're all staff. just great people, and it's like you're kind of like exactly like. The, the people I got to be around, I was like so thankful because all of them are so smart. So each day I went in there, like trying to raise myself, like I get to get it better so I can like at least hang out with these guys. Um, so it was really impactful. Yeah, man. And, and Rob's a stud. I love the fact that we get to, to rap a couple times a year. I, I don't like watching his team play basketball because they're really good and they usually <laughs> yeah. do awful For things sure. to us. But, um, you know, <laughs> so he's got he's For he's sure. got some some kids that can hoop out there man. They're, they're really good for sure he just he just has some studs he's uh i stay obviously in close contact with him and just he just got studs honestly mm -hmm. yeah but yeah no he's killing it and of course mc's killing it it's it's awesome man it's great but i think that this one is going to be a fun one too because again you're an inquisitive dude so if we knew that aaron could ask one question and he knows he's going to get the answer What's that going to be and why? Again, it's, it, you know me, like I always have the questions, but um, I'm going to do some kind of in two parts. The first, and it's really hitting home with me with the things that are happening in the world right now. 
But my main question centers around what needs to happen socially, politically, economically to revolutionize um, and improve the equality in the U.S. experience right now, especially from a variety of the marginalized groups. Um, why is there um, established systematic racism? Why are there um, social injustices in that way? And um, it, it comes, it, this one hits home with me lately just because I know and I can see firsthand how much our players are impacted by it. Um, and then I'm, I, I work with mainly uh, women's basketball here, right? So I'm like the furthest from them. So we have, we have, we have um, black players and they're also female and I'm a white male, right? So I'm like the, the largest dichotomy uh, from them. So I think um, understanding that and, and getting to the bottom of like, what would be some real change and real solution um, to improve the, the environment and the system um, over quarantine and with everything happening in the world, I've got, this is a great thing about the job, I've got to learn from our players as much as from any other resource of just sitting down and having real conversations about things that I have never experienced and got to understand. Um, and that's a large credit to my athletes being willing, willing to take the time um, and teach me for, for a change. So um, shout out to our players for that because they've been really great and brilliant of just having those real conversations. So that's like my overarching life question that, that I would like solve. The, the second piece, um, the second part, sticking more to strength and conditioning and sports performance, um, would be associated with injury prediction. And it's often talked, well, you can't predict injuries, but what would be the key factors that you would need to measure that you could uh, maximize your level of prediction? So are we not measuring sensitive enough aspects or do we need other parameters to kind of um, give us, a, to increase our predictability? So if you think of, um, predicting an injury as kind of like a meteorologist predicting the weather, right? You just have to get as many factors in a, a large enough data set um, that you can really start to, you may not pinpoint and absolutely 100% of the time predict, but you can increase your percent chance and your ability to predict. I think that's just the hot topic in all of, of um, everything we do uh, from athletic training, sports medicine to strength and conditioning, um, even nutrition um, probably gets in on that some with uh, nutritional strategies so that that would be my big question that kind of lies around that oh man i can dig that you know and touching on the second one first like i think that a lot of people look at things as how we can predict injuries and i think that really what smarter people like you and mc like when you're looking at loads and things of that nature force plate information what you're starting to, to do more now is find the things that are going to mitigate it. And I think all too often people are just waiting and waiting and waiting and collecting and collecting and collecting and being like, Oh, something broke. And now we can see. Whereas it's like, wait a minute, some of these things don't look right. We should probably figure out how we can fix this and start talking more with the kids where the people that have been kind of a step ahead are, is the direction that they're still going. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think too is just the revolution in sports science about the way we measure things and like the, the improvements in technology. Um, I, I think the, the question of what's going to be available that we could measure that's going to give us better information, right? Um, so right yeah. now, we're even if we're taking gross mid measurements of, um, of athlete movement, right? But it's, it may be too much error in that or not specific enough. Like what if we could measure um, tendon force during each 
contraction during the game, right? That that would be much better predictor, I would assume, of understanding if you're de- going to develop tendinopathies. So I think that like looking into the future, if we could capture that information so we could um, kind of accelerate the process of what's going to be the answer to that. Yeah, no doubt, brother. no doubt. And I think that the first one that you had, I mean, I think that that's something that all of us are really taking a bigger step back at. And it's, I'm glad to hear you say, like, what needs to happen to improve? Because I think that for a long time, it's been about awareness, 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 awareness. And I think that anybody with an Instagram account is pretty well aware that there are some things that need, uh, need some assistance in improving. And it's now, okay, what, what, what needs to happen? What, what is step one? Like, what is the first thing that needs to get done, if that's the word, or the first step to take in order to start kind of blurring these separations? Absolutely. And, the, and that issue is, it's, I, I don't want to downplay it, it's so complex and multifaceted that it's really hard to unwind to figure out the right direction. And like I said, I think there's uh, social, political, and economic constructs that are, are barriers uh, of, of change in, in, in a variety of different re, uh, ways, but um, kind of what is the situation to help move that forward and, and seek improvement. And you can't work, I don't think you can work in this field, even if you're a white male, and not feel it, because if you're connected with your players and see how much it affects them. 100%. I, I want... 100%. Well, Doc, let me get you out of here on this, buddy. Okay. Sports scientist, just finished a PhD, full-time strength coach. That's a lot on your plate. How does Aaron get back to neutral? What's his escape? Yeah, big one for me is just um, cup of coffee in the morning, quiet time. Um, I, I enjoy just, if I can read and think about things like different project ideas and stuff that's really refreshing i think that's uh, it resets for me i think that's it's kind of so intertwined and i love what i do so it's like that's refreshing to me and i think that's revitalizing so if if i'm at work in the morning i usually take some time just to read get my mind right i think ideas for the future are inspiring um, about the the potential possibilities or things that you could look at and do so i think that's a big reset for me I think anyone else in this field too, if you do uh, exercise, is like a pretty key reset where you have that just alone time with you um, getting a little sweat in. So those are two key things for me that are uh, really important. Yeah, you know, I think that all too often strength coaches look at the exercise aspect and we think of it as almost like that doesn't count but I don't know what anybody else does. But me personally, if I don't have my time to train, even if it's just me being a nitwit and doing probably something I shouldn't do on the, on the rower or whatever it is that I'm using right now, I mean, I'm a miserable SOB. Like, I, would, I don't like being around me myself. So I wouldn't imagine what it's like being one of the kids. I can, I totally can relate. And it's like, uh, you train so much sometimes like program for the athletes and all of that. And sometimes it's like, I don't even need anything structured. I just want to do, just let me do stuff. Um, and you just feel, uh, relaxing and relief. And, 
uh, is, is really important. 100%, bro. Doc, great to see you, man. I truly appreciate your time. This is great. And uh, we'll be in touch real soon, buddy. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Cheers. Thanks.